0: Hi everyone, this is Lisa Carrier from the One Team Movement. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Sound of Synchro. In this episode, we're catching up with an international synchro choreographer and skills coach, Sara Polkinen. Uh, Sara has worked with many synchro teams um, in eight different countries, including Australia, Canada, Czech Republic, Finland, New Zealand, Germany, Spain, and Switzerland. She grew up skating singles, ice dance, and did 10 years of synchro, mostly as a skater with Team Unique. Um, She competed in the World Cup in 1996 and later attended Junior Worlds four times as a coach. Um, She's mostly worked with novice junior and Senior teams, but over the years she's worked with pretty much all levels, including beginner and adult. Her choreography journey began in 1998 when she retired from skating competitively, and she also has a six-year-old son. So welcome, Sana. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's really like a full circle moment because you actually worked with my team w- when I skated on Gold Ice Junior um, in the early 2000s. And you've been very busy uh, since then. So it's nice to be able to reconnect over the podcast. I know. Time flies. I can't believe it's been 25 years
1: overall already. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just asking you, you know, how how do you start building a synchro program What's or a synchro routine? What's What's the first step for you?
1: Uh, finding the music, of course, is the first step. And then I think the music kind of takes it from there. So it definitely always starts with the piece of music. So that's, that's the beginning for me. And you never know where you can find. Like you can find music everywhere, movies, shows, just casually listening to music. And I don't know, but sometimes it's the music just hits you and then you know, okay, this is going to be a program. And, and, and it kind of goes from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And when you're working with teams, like as a consultant choreographer, is it normally the team that will come to you with the music that they want, or do they normally lean on you to come up with the the music for their team as well?
1: It depends. I've had all different scenarios happening, so most of the time they will send me the music that's already ready or cut, Um, but um, especially with teams that I end up working for many, many years. They sometimes ask for my input before they're choosing the music or which starts together or so it depends a little bit but i think most of the time i get the music ready but there's been occasions where i've
0: looked for the music
1: as well or suggested something yeah
0: and when you're thinking of music do you normally is it kind of the music that you find first and then you'll come up with up with a theme based on the music or have you had it where you'll have a theme in mind and then you'll try to find music to fit the theme. I've definitely
1: had that happen. I think that's, um, I think it's easier when you find the music and the theme is already there, but sometimes you can use different kind of music. I, I think I just, I'm having a moment right now where I'm kind of have a theme on my mind, but I, and I'm looking for music for that. So I think it's a bit more difficult that way, but definitely doable.
0: Yeah, that's where it can help to have like a really good music editor in your back pocket and just call them up and say, hey, this is the theme. What's for the, yes. the music suggestions?" <laughs> yes, indeed. So uh, another question. Um, I, I, have you done choreography for like single skating as well or just synchro?
1: I have done singles, uh, not that many times. Um, the most reason was actually my goddaughter, who is now 19. She was... Um, she wanted to skate for a Disney show or something like that. So we did a bit of a show program for her in in April. And, and I, I heard she just got accepted with Disney. So I awesome. think that was, a, that was a success. But yeah, Um few occasions, but not that many times.
0: Okay. I mean, well, congratulations to your niece. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I've heard that, I mean, choreographers that work with different skating disciplines, I've heard that synchro is the hardest um, because... I guess there's just so many more technical aspects to factor in. It's not just the artistry, but it's like building the foundational blocks of the program. Um, So we asked our audience if they had any questions for an experienced choreographer. And one of the questions that came in was, how hard is it to choreograph for synchro? So how would you answer that question?
1: Hmm, Interesting. I think it depends on occasion as well. You know, sometimes things just flow and it's just like, to me it's as I just see it in my mind and I see where the movement needs to go and then we already have a like we already have the elements so it's not that you have that you can do whatever so I've already kind of mapped out the elements when I'm listening to music like the wheel goes here the block goes here because the music kind of tells you that um, of course it's the in-between stuff that's hard because it needs to be interesting as well but I don't know. It depends so much on the program. Sometimes you get a little bit jammed, and sometimes it just flows really nicely. But, well, of course, for me, because I'm a synchro choreographer, I think the singles thing was <laughs> much more difficult. But, <laughs> but that's just my opinion, because I'm not that used to it. But, but
0: yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who may, may not have as much of a background in synchro, like you said, Sara, there's always... You're given the elements that you have to do in your program. And I think the creativity really comes in, like you said, the order that you put the elements, but also the connections. It used to be called transitions, but the connections of how you go from one element to the next. Do you have any tips or suggestions on coming up with creative transitions and and connections between elements?
1: I always try to follow the flow, like, you know, the movement. So I try, let's go in that way. I try to avoid doing things that doesn't really go with the the way of skating, um, the direction of skating. I think that's kind of the easiest way to go with the transitions, to me at least. I don't know about the others, but where, if, especially if you have a lot of speed. So I try to continue the speed and flow and go the way the skating shows you. Um, creativeness with the transitions, I think it's, I try to see what I've already used. So if I use pairs at the beginning of the program, then I, I try to stay away from that. For a moment and stuff like that so it's a bit of a tactics to me as well um if there's not a line in the program like last year we didn't have a line so i definitely wanted to use that as a transition in between and and things like that
0: right i imagine it's it's hard sometimes to come up with new creative ways to get from one element to the next do you ever draw inspiration from um, like YouTube or uh, programs you've seen in the past or is it always just trying to come up with something brand new
1: no 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 I definitely use the YouTube and, and old programs and especially I enjoy watching like the oldies the goldies from the 90s and because yeah those programs have so much interested because the, there's so much stuff happening so I, I find the transitions really quick and interesting so I I keep watching those programs and newer newer ones of course but I try not to copy directly because it's not the way to go, but kind of like if I see something I like, like, oh, there's an interesting transition. How can I make that a bit, bit of my own or, or transform that a little bit or something?
0: Yeah, definitely older, right. older style synchro had more of those like kaleidoscope transitions that were really unique. There's lots yes. of uh, inspiration to be drawn from there.
1: And really interesting wheels I find. And now that we have an artistic wheel, I was watching those old wheels and like, oh, there's so much stuff happening when when we did the wheels or when other teams did the wheels
0: back in the day. So for the actual elements, I mean, yes, a team will be told they have to do a wheel or they have to do a block, but then it's up to the coach and the choreographer to figure out what features they'll be attempting and what levels of difficulty. When you're going into work with a team, are you the one that's determining those levels and those features or is the coach generally telling you what they want you to do
1: this this one depends as well Uh, most of the time the coach already has a better picture in mind like what what their team can do of course so then we'll take a look at together and then see if there's something we can change or if we can try a different level that she had in mind uh, at the beginning or something like that but I usually trust on the coaches knowing of their own team especially if I'm just visiting because because they know the skaters better than I do. So, yeah. I remember occasions with the, with the lift, so the team wanted to do a hard lift and we were like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's it's more interesting to do a difficult lift, but I mean, yeah, it depends on the level and it depends on how much you practice. If you practice twice a week, it's maybe better to stay away from the harder lifts, for example, But but yeah. even in this case, the coach already decided like, we're going to go with the easier one. And I was really happy with that.
0: Yeah, and same thing goes for like steps too, right? And yeah, uh, in the no hold element, sometimes teams really want to go for that hard level step, and especially you coming in as a, a established choreographer with tons of experience, I'm sure sometimes you see and you're like, don't do it, go for the easier step, stick with the flow, and you'll pick up points from that alone.
1: Yes, yes, and I, I'm okay with that. I can I can be the, the person who's telling them no, let's let's stick with the easier ones. But yeah, usually they agree with me after a while. I'm always kind of like pointing out why so it's not just like let's not do it because I'm pointing out why we should not maybe go with the hardest steps.
0: Right and how much work do you do beforehand um, with choreography versus how much is done like on site with the team? Um,
1: Of course you have to kind of like do a little bit of work before you go I mean I map out the the element the order of the elements and stuff like that and if I know the team, then I kind of already know like how many crosscuts it will take them to get from A to B and, and things like that. But if it's a brand new team, then it's more like I just I just go there and I watch a little bit how they're skating and, and kind of try to estimate the speed and flow and, and yeah. So then I think it's more just like on the spot leads, kind of start working on the spot when you get there. But a little bit of work is always good to be, like good to have done
0: before you go. Yeah. I think uh any any choreographer will tell you you can't go in too prepared with synchro because you end up spending so much time and then you kind of get stuck in this rigid mindset, but it doesn't work. So better better to be flexible, but I don't think everyone has the ability to be flexible, you know, just the skill set and the knowledge. Um, and that's probably something that you have that's a rare uh, a rare but very important skill.
1: Well you can you can learn that. Over the years I think I've learned. There's been so many funny occasions where, um, where I I thought I knew, and then I was like, oops, I didn't know this at all. And then kind of just it's like you try things and you 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 learn to see how things work. And and yeah, and when especially if you choreograph the same teams, many times then it's easier because you you remember from last year. Okay, it's it's almost the same team, and they were able to do this. And then, but yeah, this is definitely something you can learn. But you have to be open minded, and it's sometimes scary because you're not sure how it's going to go. But you just yeah. kind of you go in and and you watch, and
0: you'll you'll see. So it sounds like something where the more you do it, the better you get. Like anything, yes. I guess, just experience yeah. a long way. Yeah. Um, for maybe someone who is interested in getting started in choreography but doesn't have any experience, obviously not wanting to let a team down. Do you have any suggestions or tips for them when they're just getting started?
1: Try to be as prepared as you can. I mean, make sure you know the music well enough. Like, you know, the highlights, which you want to use and, and the element order. And of course that can change as well. Like, it's not like it has to be a certain way if you decided beforehand, but I don't know, just don't, don't get jammed if even if you make one little thing that you think it's not like the best you can do. Just like move on and you can always fix it later or the coach can fix it later, that's what we've done, like sometimes you get stuck on something a little bit and, and, and you could spend like 10 hours on it, but I know it's not that that big of a deal and the coach can deal with it later. So just like be brave. <laughs> just, it's okay. <laughs> Things will work out itself and the coach can do a lot of stuff after you're gone already.
0: Yeah. If, and so you're, like,
1: for... uh, if you're visiting, that's what, what I mean.
0: Yeah. yeah. So for a program that's anywhere from say two minutes to four minutes, how long would you say it takes to... A prepare uh, the choreography for the team, but then B actually being on the ice teaching it. To prepare
1: um, can be, of course, I think. I I would say five hours or something. Cause I, at least for me, I try to get to know the music and and at least have some kind of idea of the counts, like how much time for the wheel or or the, how much how many counts of eight for the block or something like that. Ten hours is really good. If you have ten hours for like a short program is a little bit less, I would say short program short program will be done in in about six or seven hours. But if it's like a three minute program, it's good to have about ten hours or nice. Yeah.
0: And that's for like a free program, which is yeah
1: yeah. A little bit more advanced. Yeah. And of course the senior free would be the hardest and I would probably wanna have a little bit more than ten for that. Yeah. But for junior or yeah.
0: And you said that you did some uh, choreography virtually during the pandemic. So how did that that factor into the time required?
1: (laughs) It was like a really interesting experience. It was so much fun. This was actually uh, a year ago. Uh, Luckily, I had my own team at the time because what we did was uh, they sent us the music or sent me the music. And um, that was a short program. So I tried things with my own team. And then we would like video them on the ice and then send the video over to the other team and they would try it out and then they would tell me if there's something they would like to be changed or something and, and we always had a couple of options for them like try this way, number eight, like, oh, option A, option B and it was um, it was fun but I think without my own team that would have been a bit of a, I don't know, it, would, it definitely would have been much more difficult. Yeah. And I know coaches, I think coaches do it even without the team so I don't know how
0: that works but. Yeah, but I've heard almost, it takes significantly yeah. longer. Yes, yes. And just way more preparation time. Yeah. And then on the note of kind of, you know, creativity and, and you you mentioned, you know, if you get stuck on something, move on and go back to it. Um, When it comes to, you know, the, the creative beginnings and endings of programs, is that something that you typically take time to do right at the beginning? Or do you kind of just leave 10 seconds, do the program and go back to it?
1: I always do the beginning. That's the last thing I do. It's like the month before the competition, I'm like, okay, now we have to get it. Well, it depends. Sometimes I get a, you just like, you see it already, but I try not to get jumped on the beginning. So I have a, like a sort of a vision of what it can be and, and take it from there. But there's always like a 10, 50 second, like 10 or 15 seconds missing at the beginning of my program. <laughs> you should, yeah. And, and it, then I do always, that, like, like, that's the last part, thing that's, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think same with the ending as well. Because usually at the end, there's, well, not always, but there's lots of times thing, different things happen. Like they can be spins or lifts or many things going on. So you're just kind of like, okay, there's 15 seconds for that. And we'll sort out, we'll sort out that later or something like that. Yeah. I've no, I've noticed that happens with me a lot.
0: It's always as a skater, you want, you want to do the beginning because it's like, It's the opening movements and it's like the exciting part of the program. And then when you have to skip over it, you're like, ah, you know, I don't want to just start skating. I want to get into it. But yeah, uh, it's important to do things the right way, as you mentioned. Uh, Okay. Why do you think some coaches prefer to do their own choreography and others prefer to bring in a guest choreographer? Hmm. I think it depends on what what you
1: think your strengths are. Like some people are really comfortable with doing choreography, and they're that's their thing. And then others are maybe a bit more um, solid on technical stuff. Like that's what I would think. And I've asked this many times because I, well, people when when teams bring me in, I'm like, okay, why why do you need me, or why you why don't you want to do it yourself? And they're like, I like they usually want a press set of eyes or new set of eyes or something like that or something different because they think that they've done uh, things a certain way for so many years, for example, or they think it's just a, they have a, I don't know how to call like what to call it. It's more like their mind is more like, I think in a technical way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. This These are the answers I get sometimes. They're like, oh, I need something fresh or... I just want to see how someone else does it or I maybe get inspired by that.
0: Yeah, I do think feel like that really. like, when, when I think about the top choreographers in the world for, you know, singles, for example, I think they are like creative masterminds, you know, like they're, yes, um, yes. it's all about the creativity, the interpretation, the musicality. Whereas I think for Synchro, it is such a balance between that creativity, but also like extreme intelligence like I know choreographers that use excel spreadsheets to choreograph their programs because it's it has to be so calculated in in how you actually do the elements and what features are going in it's almost like synchro needs two choreographers one technical choreographer and one artistic choreographer do you agree
1: yes for sure and I've been lucky to work on a team where we had that technical mastermind and then I got to do my other stuff so that was awesome because not that I don't know the technical, but it's definitely not my um like if I get to choose, I I would love to focus more on the other stuff. So yeah, I, I I've been lucky enough to work on teams where we had a person who had that, like like they knew everything about the technical stuff, all the little things that I couldn't remember without my sheets. So Right. So yes. Yeah. Yes. But
0: well, maybe that's why, you know, some coaches, if they're more technical, like technically strong. Maybe they want the choreographer to come in and help with the artistry. And then if the coach is more artistic, then they want a choreographer to be more technical. So um, I think it's important as a coach to know your strengths and then bring in outside help to complement whatever your strengths are.
1: Yes, I I, I fully agree. And um, of course, over the years you'll learn, and especially if the, the rules don't change. Like I like when it's, if they keep it the same as uh, at least a couple of years, because then you already... It's easier for the second year to do, you know, okay, this was how it, how it worked last year. So now we can just like tweak it a little bit. But um, I remember times when the rules kept changing every year and that was a bit hard. And I, I felt that that was limiting the choreography big time, but I knew it was necessary at the time, but it was just kind of like, you didn't have time to do much than step sequence here, step sequence here. Okay.
0: And then, yeah. Um, Do you have any tips for teams who might be considering bringing in a choreographer? Like what they should look for, what sort of questions they should ask the choreographer, um, and even little things like how to budget for having a guest choreographer come in. I think
1: ask for, if you know that someone else has used someone, you can always ask, and then kind of like keep an eye on the programs you maybe like, then if that's the way you, because there's so many different, types of choreographers over there. So if you see something you like, of course, I would start from there. And then, um, as for references, if you, if you know someone, I think the one, one that I find it's really important is how the, how, how the connection is between the coach and the choreographer, because sometimes you don't know the person at all. So I think it's good to have a little chat before. So you see if you're on the same page on things, because I know things can, things can go sour as well i guess i i've luckily i've never had that but i know like it's it's not always like we don't always have the same kind of visions as a coach so so if you if you can chat with the choreographer before i think that's a really good start and if you know any of her work before then that's kind of easier to see if she might be or he might be suitable for you
0: yeah, I, I do, love that yeah. tip to find programs that you like and then ask who their choreographer was and kind of go that way because I think I, I've worked with teams in the past as a consultant where they've asked me to do their choreography and I've I've said, I'm not the person for you because my style is, my skating style is different than your team style. And so my movements wouldn't match, you know, the, the skating style of your team unless you change the style of your team. Um, and they had been working with a choreographer that was very like, sharp and you know just a different a different style and that worked for their team um but i think it's important for teams to know um and kind of align their choreographer with their vision and their style as well and not just kind of take anyone that they may come across because everyone has their own their own styles and their own strengths that's what, i think that's a really good point too What you
1: just like what you just said it's really important to know what might suit you and what what not
0: Yeah do you find that when you're working with teams you typically have like an ongoing relationship with them throughout the season or is it more you go you deliver the program and then you know see you next year if you need me. I usually get to see some
1: stuff like I always ask like can you please send me videos like two months from now and and if you have any questions so I've usually had some kind of relationship throughout the whole season and i um i gone back like in the middle of the season to tweak the program if needed. And I think that was really good because when you just put it together uh, at the beginning of the year, you kind of, it's like a rough copy of things. And then it's kind of like, it's really good if you can add on it later, or if you can fix those little bit things that might might bug you in the first place as well. And I got to do that um, with some of the teams and it was really good because I knew I had the chance to go back and, and improve things if needed. So, yeah. Yes.
0: For sure. Um, how would you say your music selection changes based on the strength of the team that you're working with? Well,
1: I always try to see what they've done already. Like if there's something they did two years ago or, or three years ago, let's try do something else. And, and with some teams, you can just see what what they're really good at. Like some teams are just really good at certain musics and not so good at others. And right. I always encourage people, seems to try because I mean, as a skater and as a coach, I I wanted to do different kinds of music. I don't always want to stick with the same kind of music because like that gets boring. But if you find that you're really good at something and and maybe you did it five years ago, I think it's okay to go back to the same kind of music and do it again. Or especially if you if you're uh, fighting over a spot at Worlds or something, then you really need to think what kind of music is best for your team. Yeah.
0: And yeah. It can be a fine balance between like wanting to push them out of their comfort zone, but then also wanting to give them the vehicle that will make them the strongest and have the best performance they can have.
1: Yeah, and and these are the conversations I've I've had with some of the coaches, and I think it was really good that the coach really knew that, and she was like, "Okay, I would really love to do something totally different, but but I don't know if my team can kind of kind of perform this way, so." this year it's really important that we we do something that is kind of it's a solid program for
0: them so yeah. yeah um okay so as a as an international choreographer um obviously you speak finnish and you speak english um i don't know if you speak any other languages but how have you found it when you're going to other countries like spain or germany um whether there's a language barrier or just like the cultural differences how has that affected you as a choreographer
1: uh, luckily
0: most of the people will speak
1: English. So I don't, I studied Germany back in school, but I, I cannot speak it. So, and <laughs> it was really interesting in Switzerland a few years ago, cause I was on the ice with the little ones and they don't obviously speak English, but. I just, I, I told the coaches, give me a couple of words that I can throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was more like hand gestures, but, but it was all good cause the coach was speaking English. So we, we managed, but yeah. Luckily, most, I think most skaters in the world speak English, but and that makes my job a lot easier.
0: Yeah, just it's exhausting though, right? When you're always having to like either think in a different language or um, try to translate what you're saying to a different language, it's it's another layer of <laughs> tired yes. when you're to choreograph as well. When I moved to Canada,
1: because I think the first year I my mind was fully working in Finnish, and I was trying to speak in English, and the skaters were sometimes looking at me like, "Okay, we're not quite sure what she's." <laughs> meaning at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no better way to learn language than to just you know throw yourself in there and teach someone skating. <laughs> yes, indeed. And so you mentioned also that you had taken a few years off uh, during the pandemic with your son. Um, as a new mom myself, I'm just curious how you managed to balance, you know, staying involved in the synchronized skating world um, as a choreographer with a child.
1: Um. I have to thank my uh, partner for that because I even when he was really little I, I had to go away for like a eight days or something which is really really hard but but yeah I, I did it because I knew my partner could handle the situation
0: yeah yeah and you've done quite a bit of traveling as well right with your son like coaching
1: uh, no I never took him with me so that was the thing I thought about it, but it was like no I maybe I think it I think it for him it's better to stay home because like The choreograph, when you go choreograph, it's mostly like hotel and the
0: ice rink, so yeah. Yeah. But you, uh, you managed to keep it up, which I think is inspiring for a lot of us, because it's so easy to kind of get sucked into motherhood and forget about your own interests and your own passions. So...
1: I was lucky when i was I was in Canada when i when I had my son, so I got to go to the rink twice a week the whole year, so not that I had to, but I was like okay if i if I can, I will go and i I found that that was that was a really good thing, like as much as it's it's nice to be a new one, it's exciting and and of course, you want to be there with the baby the whole time, but I had the option to go to the rink once or twice a week, so I kinda had that skating world there as well with me so yeah that was really good
0: do you have any uh final comments to make for anyone out there that's um i mean this is the time in the year that that people are considering choreography so do you have any words of wisdom to share with them just uh
1: trust your instincts trust yourself it's sometimes you feel like you get get jammed or something but just it still happens me to me after 25 years so don't worry you just enjoy the whole process and it's so much fun to craft. I think it's the best, some, one of the best parts in my mind about the whole Skating. Well,
0: thank you again for joining us and to all of our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of The Sound of Synchro. If you aren't already, make sure you're following us on social media. We are at One Team Movement. That's so one, normal spelling, O-N-E, team, T-E-A-M and in the short form for movement, M V M T our website, one team So follow us on social media and be sure to check in for our next podcast episode and the future ones to follow.